Welcome to the Elevate Youth Podcast. Each week we get to experience the power of God through the Word. So kick back, relax, and get ready to hear this week's message. What's up, guys? What are we talking about? FOMO! Fighting FOMO, right? So we're hitting again, fighting FOMO, and we've been talking about this for, this is our third week into it, and it's a new name to an old sickness. It's been around for a long time, hasn't it? We look back, and, and, and we've seen where it came from before. It's one of those things that leads us down a path that we don't want to go down. It, it makes us do things that we don't want to do. And it's hurtful and destructive. And, and t- what we've been talking about the last few weeks is we want you, we want us to learn how to fight FOMO. So we looked back and we looked in Genesis chapter 3, remember? Who's in Genesis? Adam and Eve, right? Right? Adam and Eve are in Genesis. And where are they? They're in paradise, right? They are living it up. Everything's perfect. The weather's perfect. The sun is out all the time. They enjoy everything. The animals all love each other and get along. They have all the food they could want to eat. Everything is perfect. But then what happens? Satan comes along and starts having a talk with them and starts putting thoughts into their head, right? And they start thinking, they start wondering, maybe God is holding something back on me, right? They start saying, we don't need to trust God. They start thinking in their minds that maybe he doesn't have our best interest in mind. And then what happens? They give in to the temptation, right? They give in to that fear of missing out. And it's all gone, right? I don't know about you, but has anybody ever got mad at Adam and Eve and say, you know what? You messed it up big time, right? And then some of us have probably said, you know what? If that was me, I wouldn't have gave in, right? Yeah, wrong. Because guess what? We do it every day. When we don't trust God, when we don't believe him, when we fall to temptations. The good news is that Jesus showed us a different way, didn't he? Right? We looked at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And this is where Jesus is out in the desert, goes out there for 40 days, And then at the end of that 40 days, who comes along again? Who comes into the picture? Satan, right? He comes along, and what does he start trying to do? He starts trying to tempt him. But the good news is, even though Adam and Eve messed up and they fell prey to missing out, that fear of missing out, we find that Jesus walks through the temptation. He doesn't fall to it. But he wins over it, and he, and he has a new way to victory. Matter of fact, there were three specific areas that we're focusing on, and we're going to kind of go in order here a little bit. Satan tells him first, he says, tell these stones to become loaves of bread, right? Right? Provision. Jesus fought that off, right? He fought that fear of missing out off. And then Satan tells him, If you're the son of God, I want you to go up on top, that highest peak in the temple, and you throw yourself down. And when you throw yourself down, guess what? The angels are going to swoop up underneath you, and it is going to be a great show, and everybody's going to love you, right? And he said, "Uh uh-uh, nope, I'm not tempting God. Popularity. The third one that Satan tried to tempt him with is he brought him up on a high hill and he looked about all over the land and he said to him, everything is yours. All of it is yours. All you have to do is bow down to me and I will give you all of this. 
power. But guess what? He didn't fall prey to it, right? Didn't fall prey to it. So this week, we're going to dive into that first one. Last week, Dave talked about popularity. Next week will be power. But this week, we're talking about provision. So it's really, really, really important in our lives, right, that we understand what path we're on, right? I don't know about you. I love being outdoors. Anybody else love being outdoors? Love it, right? Love hiking and camping and fishing and canoeing. I love being out in the woods, right? Love it. I've got to tell you a story. I was about 19 or so. We went up to Ontario. Now, if you get away from Niagara Falls, Ontario is pretty bleak, isn't it? You get away from Niagara Falls, it's, it's woods, right? Just woods. I had a buddy that lived up there, right? And he took us out hiking and camping one time. And it was in this huge, huge piece of woods, like 50 miles by 50 miles, right? And we're out there and we camped overnight. And then the next morning we decided we're going to hike up to the top of this ridge. And on this ridge, we were going to pick wild blueberries because there was just this whole huge field of wild blueberries. And so that's what we did, right? We get up there and, and we, we, we say, okay, time to head back. My buddy pulls out the map and he'd only brought part of the map, right? Right? But he's like, dude, we can do this, right? We can do this. And so we start navigating our way back because there's no trails. This is where there's no trails, right? And so we start navigating our way back. And about an hour and a half later, we realize we are nowhere where we should be, right? So we keep going a little bit further. And we realize that we came down the wrong way. And we had no idea where we were at. No idea where we were at. We didn't know what trail we were on, which way we were supposed to be going, right? And, and, and we walked and walked for hours not knowing where we were at. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my, a little bit about my brothers. And, and my brothers were with me. And they were all looking at me like, Danny, we're going to kill you. You are going to get us to die out here. And if we die, we're eating you first, you know. So that's what they're thinking in their heads, right? We did make it out. But here's, here's the thing, though, with this, this whole idea of knowing what path you're on. Each one of us in this room have to know what path we're on. And we really ultimately have two choices, don't we? We can go the wide way, right? Right? We can go wide. We can go the easy way. We can go the broad way. And we can just smooth on through. But I got to tell you, if you take the wide, easy path... I'm going to tell you from experience and watching people, and you probably know people like this, that, that it leads to destruction, that it leads to death, that it leads to a lot of pain. But there's another path too, and you could take the narrow path, right? This is the path that Jesus talks about, right? He talked about the narrow path. It's not very wide. It's, it's, it's a narrow trail, and it can be a little rough sometimes, and, and it's hard work. But I want you to know that at the end of that narrow trail, the end of that narrow path, guess what? There's life. There's good things. There's great things in store for you. So as we go through this, I'm going to refer to this, the wide and the narrow path. And, and we're going to look at it in a couple, different, a couple different angles. But we're talking about the temptations that Adam and Eve faced and then Jesus faced. Specifically, provision. Who's going to take care of you? Here's the thing about, here's the thing about temptation. It's kind of like a knife. Anybody, anybody carry pocket knives sometimes, right? 
carry a pocket knife, right? Gabe's pulling his out up front there. This is a Smith & Wesson one. I like it because I can use it with one hand, right? Now, this is going to freak some of you out, but you can do one of two things. Thanks, Gabe. Um, one of two things when it, with a pocket knife when it comes to temptation. The temptations in our life are one of two things. They're either a knife to the throat that cut at you, that break you down, that send you down that wide path, that, that, that cycle that some of you've gotten caught in with the temptation that you continue to yield to and continue to give into over and over and over again. And all you're doing the whole time and you're giving into that temptation, when you're, when you're saying that, God, I, I don't need you, or God, I don't need to trust you, you're giving into that temptation and the knife is against your throat. And it cuts a little at a time and a little at a time and a little at a time. And it's so easy sometimes to go down that way, right? So easy. It's so easy. And you end up hurting yourself with temptation. But knives have another purpose too, right? Cut. I was going to bring a chicken up and cut the leg off a chicken. Not a live chicken, but. Um, but they cut, Right? When you sit down at dinner and you have that good steak in front of you, or you have an apple in this case, right? And you cut it up into bite-sized pieces and you eat it. What happens? It gives life to your body, doesn't it? it gives, yeah, it tastes good. It gives you nourishment. I didn't lick this or anything. Do you want it? Okay. So. <laughs> um, yeah, now he's going to eat it off the floor. But it gives life and nourishment to your body. But that's exactly what happens with temptation. It's exactly what happens with temptation. The question when we're talking about provision tonight is when you're tempted with provision, when you're tempted to either look to God or not look to God, when you're tempted with provision, is that temptation a knife to your throat that you're going down the easy, wide path that's slowly cutting you and slowly destroying you? Or are you taking that temptation and it's providing food and nourishment and helping you grow? And it might be a little bit harder, right? But are you taking that provision, that temptation of provision and allowing it to work in your life? The problem is, in our world, it's all about providing for yourself. I mean, you watch TV, you watch the news, and, and everybody's like, I'm standing up for me. I'm standing up for what's right. I'm standing up for, for, for what is due me. And we watch TV, or we watch our friends, and we watch the world, and we watch athletes, and what happens? They're striving and striving and striving to stack up the bread and, and build the money and build the popularity and gain the, gain the cars and the homes. It's all over our culture that we have to provide for ourselves, that we have to work to stack things up, that we have to hustle for things. It's ingrained in us, right? Right? Now, don't get me wrong. We're not saying that Christians shouldn't work hard because that's not the case. You should. As a Christian, you should put your, 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 your heart into what you do and give it your best job, your best shot. Give it your best, right? 
What we're talking about here is that unhealthy kind of striving, that unhealthy kind of striving to, to get things for yourself at the expense of others, to where it doesn't matter if what happens to somebody else. It just matters that I get what I need. It just matters that I get what I want. It's that kind of striving. It's that self-centered approach that I don't care about anybody else. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get what's due me. That kind of motive will cut your throat. It'll lead to death and destruction for you, I'm telling you. But Jesus, guess what? Lived a completely different way when it came to provision. He lived on that narrow way because he knew who he was. He knew who he was connected to. And that he knew no matter what was down that path, no matter what was down that trail of trusting God and looking to God to provide for him, that God was going to provide for him, that the Father was going to provide for the Son, that the Father was going to make sure that he had everything he needed. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God is going to provide for you everything that you need. How do I know that? Well, he says it. In Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is up on the mountain and he's preaching what they call the Sermon on the Mount, right? Listen to what he says. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Check this out. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Jesus is saying, guess what? God's got you covered. That we don't have to run, that we don't have to chase, that we don't have to strive so that we forget why we are here, why he put us here on this earth. So what does it look like when we take temptation of, of provision and, and, and we take that temptation and turn it to begin to gather strength? There's a key question that you can ask yourselves. If you're not allowing the temptation of provision to destroy you and cut you, there's a question to ask. Is it more important for you to get or is it more important for you to give? How you answer that question can tell yourself a lot. It can tell you whether or not you're on the wide path or the narrow path. So the question for you tonight is, are you living to get or are you living to give? Are you taking your eyes off yourself? Because when we realize that we take our eyes off ourselves, we realize that God has everything we need. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask. Some of you are thinking, no way, God can't do it, he can't do it. Paul says to his friends in Ephesus, guess what he says? He says, uh-uh, he can do more than you could possibly imagine. And James says in, in this first part of uh, chapter 1, verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. I want you to get that tonight, that he has good gifts he wants to provide you so that you 
don't have to worry about you. You can begin to look where you can provide for others. Where are the spaces and the places that you can meet the needs of others? When you begin to, to stop thinking about what you can get and what you're going to give, you'll notice that kid in the lunchroom who sits by themselves every single week, every single day that nobody pays attention to. And you'll get up and go over and you'll sit down with that, that kid that nobody wants to be around. When you stop thinking about what you're going to get and you start thinking about what you're going to give, you might walk up to a stranger at Starbucks and buy their coffee for them, right? When you start thinking about what you're going to give, you're going to do something awesome for your parents without them having to ask you. As a parent, I like that, right? But, but you know what? It's more than me just liking that because guess what? That's the kind of attitude that God wants us to have. When you start looking what you're going to give, you're going to get involved. You're going to volunteer for Elevate um, Kids. You're going to look for an opportunity to serve. You're going to bring your friends here in a couple weeks to our blowout night for our 80s, our 80s prom, right? Bad 80s prom, right? right? You're going to bring your friends because you're going to be looking at, to what you can give and what not what to get. I want to share a personal story with you, and I don't share this with you. I don't share this with you to uh, get a response or to make you uh, feel bad for me or anything like that. I share this with you because I really believe somebody here needs to hear this. This is for you. I grew up just down the road here a little ways um, outside of Waterford, and uh, I'm a, a bit of a country boy, right? I'm most comfortable in my boots and my hat and my jeans. And um, it's just who I am, right? And so I grew up in Waterford and um, went to Fort LaBeouf. Anybody else from Fort LaBeouf? Boo, don't say boo. I love Fort LaBeouf. <laughs> Go Bisons, right? So, and then there was me and my parents and two brothers, so there were three of us boys, right? Um, my brother Dale, two, two and a half years younger than me, and my brother Dustin is 10 years younger than me, right? So some of you know that having a brother that's that much younger than you is a unique opportunity, right? right? It's a unique opportunity, right? Because guess what? I got to see him go through so many cool things growing up, right? From when he came home from the hospital to, you know, learning to walk and eat and all that. And I can remember all of that, right? But I also remember he could be a real pain in the rear sometimes, right? So I remember that. I and mean, we were kind of typical brothers, right? I mean, I can share with you memory after memory of my, me and my brothers and my, and my parents. I can also share with you some pretty good blowout knockdown fights we had too, right? And I can also share with you times that, that we stood up for each other. We are a tight family, a very, very close, tight-knit family. Mom, Dad, Dale, Dustin, and myself. And then, you know, I went off to college, and I was working out, um, out west in Missouri. And uh, um, I got a call, 2.30 a.m. I got a call from um, my brother, Dale. And it was the call that changed my life. My brother Dustin was 19 years old, 10 years younger than me, 
and he was driving his truck and uh, hit a bad patch and his truck flipped, ejected him and landed on top of him and killed him instantly. I want to tell you that it rocked my world. It turned everything upside down. I questioned stuff. I wasn't sure about much of anything. wasn't sure and I almost went down this path here I almost went down this path because I didn't want to look to God to provide for me right I was mad at him I was mad at him for taking my little brother right And it made me question things. And I had a choice. That I either took the narrow path or the wide path. It was a temptation whether I'm going to let this, this, this time kill me and destroy me. Or whether I'm going to use it to grow through it. Right? Whether I'm going to watch out for myself or, or whether I'm going to look to God for provision. I almost went that way. I'm fortunate enough that I chose this way. I trusted God to provide, right? And I want you to know, if you don't hear anything else, when you're going through something, I want you to hear from me personally that God was faithful to me. That he helped me through dark days. That he helped me through hard times. That, that he provided everything I needed. And most importantly, he took that temptation and he used it to grow me. To become someone bigger than I was. To become more like him than I was on my own. He used it. We live in a fallen world. You don't have to look far to see. And I can promise you, every one of you in this room, that you're in one of two categories. That right now, while you sit here with a smile on and you're trying to look good and you're trying to look the part, you're facing some hard times. Inside, it's dark right now. It's dark. And you're not sure. And you say, no, 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 that's not me. That's not me, right? Well, then you're the other person. Because I can promise you, at some point in your life, you're going to be there. You're going to get to that point where, where you've got to choose. Whether you're going to look to yourself and, and try and meet your own needs and try and answer everything on your own or whether you're going to look to God and trust Him. You're going to have that opportunity. I want to speak specifically to some of you that are having a hard time now. I've been around teenagers long enough to know that you guys still go through some stuff. Some of you, you're having problems with your friends. You're not sure that your friends like you. You're not sure that they accept you. You're trying so hard to get their approval. You're trying so hard to get them to like you. Some of them, you've had friends that have stabbed you in the back and it makes you just question everything. Some of you, you're having problems at home with your family. 
mom and dad are fighting and, and you're wondering, what in the world? Why do I have to be part of this? Right? Maybe your mom, mom's suffering with some sort of disease or something like that. And you're wondering, God, why would you do that to her? Right? Maybe you lost someone just recently and, and it's still eating up at you inside. Some of you in school, man, you're struggling. You, can, you, you can't get the grades. You, you, the teachers are always mad at you. And, and you're thinking, oh, man, it, I'm done for. Right? I want you to look at me and know this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says this. Check this out. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? There's two groups of people I said in this room. You're either facing hard times or you're going to face hard times. I'm talk specifically to those that are, are facing hard times. When I talked and I described some scenarios, maybe I described your scenario and, and you felt it in your heart and you're like, that's me. Maybe you're thinking, no, Danny, you don't know how bad it is for me. I'm talking to you. You're facing that hard time in your life and, and you've got a choice whether you're going to go down the narrow path or the wide path. Whether you're going to try and meet your own needs and you're going to look to fulfill it through friends and relationships and, and, and popularity and money and whatever it would be or if you're going to look to God. And you're going to say, God, you're everything I need. There's some of you in this room tonight that you may have never looked to God and said, I want to trust you. Some of you in this room have never stopped and said, God, I look to you. I want the peace that only you can bring. If I'm talking to you right now and you know it, you've never trusted God with your life, that you've never trusted the God that said he'd provide for your every need, would you, with everybody else's heads bowed, just look up at me? Maybe raise your hand if you say, that's me. I've, I've never trusted him. Anybody? Good, good, good. Some of you, some of you, you have trusted God. But you're in that dark place right now where you got to choose the narrow or the wide path. That you need God to come through big time for you. If you would say tonight that I need God to come through for me, that I need his provision and I need to stop trying to do it on my own and I need to look to him again, would you raise your hand and hold it up high and keep it up there? There you go. Awesome. Awesome. 
God, we thank you so much that you are faithful. That your faithfulness is without end. Your love is uncompromising. You place unmerited value on our lives and you give us uh, acceptance that we couldn't possibly fathom. So I pray right now for every student that is facing something that they know they, they can't face on their own. I pray that they would know right now the arms of a faithful God embracing them and wrapping them tight, that they would know that you love them beyond anything they could possibly fathom, beyond anything they could possibly wrap their head around. And I pray, God, that you would provide the answer. God, we know that your answers aren't always what we want. We know that it's always what we think they ought to be, but we know that your answers are perfect. And I pray that you'd bring answers. Maybe it's healing for, for them. Maybe it's restoration with, of a relationship. I don't know, God, but you do. Maybe it's just a peace that, that, that knowing that God is in control, that God is in charge. Maybe it's just learning to look to you when they're weak, God. May you provide that answer for every single young person tonight that raised their hand. And God, we pray for those that... that that didn't raise their hands, I pray that they would be the givers and not the takers. That when it comes to to stuff, when it comes to things, when it comes to their lives, that they wouldn't be looking to what they can get out of it, but they'd be looking to see what they can give like your son did so many years ago. We ask this in your name. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you want to learn more about Elevate Youth, check us out on Instagram by searching EC Youth or on Facebook. See you next week.